This is Prayer Room Companion, episode 85, recorded January 18th, 2012. Jesus loves religion, and so do I. Welcome to Prayer Room Companion. I am your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and with me as always... Father Andrew Dickens. How you doing, Father? A little cold today, a little cold. Yeah, it's a little... A little chilly today, finally, yes, winters with, with here in the Upper Plains. Uh, before we get into today's podcast, just a reminder that um, we're always happy to hear feedback and comments and the ideas for topics. Uh, you can send those to me by email at cbergwald at sfcatholic.org, C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at S as in Sue, F as in Falls, Catholic.org. Uh, so, Father... Um, I think the the biggest internet the YouTube phenomenon since the video for Rebecca Black's Friday uh, has, has come out just in this last week, <laughs> and uh, what was that? that is the uh, a spoken word performance, uh, so to speak, titled "Jesus versus Religion." Um, one of my colleagues brought it to my attention. I think on Friday uh, last week, the thirteenth. Uh, um, and I had a chance to watch it then. And then um, you mentioned maybe, Father, you would propose doing it as a topic for today, so uh, I know that you had a chance to, to take a look at it. Um, and I do think, you know, uh, it, 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 I mentioned to you in my email when we were talking about it, I think it's sort of a flash in the pan, you know, he, Internet phenomena. Phenomena tend to come and go, but there's, um, there's something, there's an underlying perspective that is a little bit more constant, at least in our culture, or at least a, a regularly recurring phenomenon, if not uh, an always there phenomenon, that is that there's this opposition between Jesus and religion. Oftentimes I think we hear about it as, um, I'm spiritual but not religious. To me that's a similar, a slightly different, but a similar take on the same thing. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, similar but certainly different in this case. Yeah. Um, uh, because I think usually the spiritual, not religious one would be uh, kind of the phrase used by someone who doesn't uh, follow any sort of creedal or identifiable God at all. They might just say that, um, you know, I have, um, uh, I have a belief in some sort of God, but I don't know what sort of God it is. Whereas uh, this, uh, this video by, uh, I believe his last name, Mr. Bithke or Bith, I can't know how to pronounce his last name, uh, but seems to be much more on, uh, you know, definitely identifying Jesus, but uh, being upset at uh, religious groups in general. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe the, the as, as you say that, and as I think about more the commonality that, um, that uh, Jesus versus religion has with um, I'm spiritual but not religious is an opposition to uh, what, what some would call institutional religion. Right. Um, institutionalized religion, so to speak. Um, and I think, you know, I, 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 we're going to spend the bulk of, of today's episode um, responding to this this video. But the thing that I... I, uh, I, I think there's a... He's right in at least one of his fundamental, I don't know, inspirations for the video. There certainly are times when when those who are quote-unquote religious act um, or believe in ways which are contrary 
to the teachings and the person of Jesus Christ. Um, that shouldn't be a surprise, though, because we're all sinners. Um, so, so you know, I don't think it's as shocking as as some would would make that out to be. But I I, I recognize and acknowledge. Um, I, I, we have to rec- we do we do recognize and acknowledge that truth that that yeah we, those people who who we would consider religious don't always live um, uh, and act in a way in keeping with the spirit the teachings the person of Jesus Christ that that's uh, I agree with him on that but that's sort of well yeah that's true but so what and. I, I, this scandal, in that sense, scandal of hypocrisy, uh, in this sense, is uh, is always going to be a constant uh, struggle. But I think the the problem is to separate that from what religion is. Mm-hmm. That that's not religion. Um, I think it's uh, is it G.K. Chesterton who says that uh, hypocrisy is the tribute uh, that vice pays to virtue. Ooh. You know, hypocrisy is the tribute that vice plays to virtue, and so um, just just like kind of that that reality that there's going to be uh, sins and these failures and these difficulties, um, and so not to mitigate whatever pain uh, this uh, um, uh, I still can't pronounce his last name. This young man. Uh, <laughs> this young man. Oh, there we go. This young man. Uh, Jefferson uh, Jefferson Bithkeep. Um, you know, uh, whatever pain or whatever difficulties he's had, or anyone else, but uh, it's 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 reasons why this that we have religion. Yeah, and 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 also because I, and I'm not and neither of us would are minimizing or excusing bad behavior on the part of religious people. We're right. just acknowledging we're just acknowledging that that's going to happen, and Jefferson is going to do it too, and has done it. I mean, you, the, sort of the uh, you know, it's sort of this is to me part similar to the whole e-free um, evangelical free churches or non-denominate. Well, I'm not part of it. You know, we we see it's it's and it's very American, very individual. You know, I don't need religion to to worship Jesus, to be a yeah. Christian, etc. Um, Just you're wrong. The Jesus. <laughs> you're wrong, but but we that, that we can really get into a, a substantial conversation about the importance of the church. It's, it's not the, really the focus of what we're going to be doing today. Um, but, but the fact of the matter is we all are going to screw up, including Jefferson. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. It's, it's, so it's, 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 not, it's not infrequent that, um, you know, I, so I'll have a student come in to me here at the Newman Center and they'll say, uh, you know, I'm just trying to find a church uh, uh, that you know actually does what Jesus says, or something like that. And I say to them, I said, "Well, I hope you know that whatever church you join is going to fail. Uh, if you find that church is going to fail and have uh, at the very least one sinful member at all times, right? Yeah. And that's you. Yeah, yeah I'm you lo- the, the way I put that. I'm looking for the perfect church. Well, good luck because as soon as you find it, it won't be. So right, unless you think you're perfect, and then why do you need Jesus at all? Amen. Amen. So, Father, what? Uh, is it, uh, so, those preliminary comments out of the way. What, what, any other thoughts, reactions, responses you had to the video? Um, well, f- first of all, I think uh, I'm a little jealous, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous of his video production. You know, I mean, that's, that's a pretty slick video. It's pretty tight, pretty well done. 
I mean, I've had some video projects here that I've wanted to do at the Newman Center. I think I've got a pretty snazzy idea in my head for something that I can't just get out on video. Yep. You know, so uh, uh, and I think that's part of uh, and part of my desire, of course, to um, to speak to this is, you know, in, a, in our world, the whole truth that the media is the message. And so uh, uh, the quality of his message, the accuracy of his message in a certain sense, becomes a little muted when his quality of production is this good. Right. Yep. And so all the more the need to speak something on it in this right. way. Right. So what, uh, what, in terms of the content then, um, what, were your, um, what were your thoughts? How would you respond to him if he, if he asked you those questions in a conversation or made his point in a conversation to you personally? Well, I think um, the first question would just be, I, I, I would want to bring to him some Bible verses. I'd go straight to the, to the scriptures in the Bible and look at uh, the things that Jesus does, which sound very religious, or look at the things that Jesus does that sound very ritualistic, and just ask him to, to give a response to those things. So what ones did you have in mind then? I'm, I'm guessing you have some in mind. Um, yeah, uh, when he says uh, in Matthew 5, I have come uh, not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Um, when he gives a commandment to baptize. Um, when he talks about teaching observances uh, in Matthew 28 as well. You know, teaching them to observe all that I have taught you. Mm. Observances, and to observe something, that's more than just a relationship. And so he's not just saying, hey, just introduce them to me. Because uh, he has in his in Jefferson's uh, this young man's production this idea of reducing Jesus to simply a relationship, mm. uh, and so I'd uh, want to start with some of those some of those places certainly. Right. Uh, you know, looking at uh, you know the Gospel of Luke in the Last Supper, um, you know, with his very careful uh, uh, way that he says it, he took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to his disciples. And then, you know, just a few chapters later, after the resurrection on the road to Emmaus, right? And Jesus is talking with them and walking with them. And Jesus gives them the greatest Bible study of all time. Right. right? And they still don't recognize Jesus. It's not until uh, Clopas and his companion, they get to Emmaus, and they convince Jesus to stay with them. And they're, at a, they're sitting at dinner. And at dinner, Jesus takes bread, blesses it, breaks it, gave it to them. The exact same verb, exact same word order that Luke uses just two chapters earlier in the Last Supper, right? It seems like Jesus is doing a ritual action there, which is at the heart of any religion. Yep. Is ritual. Yep. Yeah, I think, uh, what does Jesus say to the rich young man when he comes to him? What must I do to have eternal life? Keep the oh, commandments. Observe the law and the prophets. Yeah. yeah. You, you do. <laughs> so, it, as you said... It's not that, I mean, it's, I think one of the things that we as Catholics need to, um, that we are rediscovering, or, well, some of us have always known it. One of the things that is becoming more and more in the forefront, um, especially with the new evangelization, is the centrality of knowing and loving Jesus Christ. To use the evangelical terminology, having a personal relationship with our Lord and Savior. I mean, that is important, and it's, and it's essential. But what does that mean? I mean, there, there are consequences. There are corollaries to that. Um, that Ooh, it's, corollary, five dollar word score. Yeah, there you go. Um, you know, 
that flow from that 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 we don't. Um, well, I think that in videos like this that that, that are forgotten or or that that uh, Jefferson is simply unaware of that it's Jesus isn't just buddy Jesus, you know, you know. Um, well, but you think about any relationship that you have with someone. A relationship always requires, always develops a structure. Mm-hmm. You know, you you develop in a sense rituals with your friends. Right. It's part of our humanity. Yep. You know, uh, this podcast has its own annoying rituals. You know, yes. how's the weather up there in Brooklyn? Uh, but you know, you, you get together with certain friends, and you have things that you, in a sense, know are going to happen. It doesn't make them any less genuine, any right. less intimate, any less personal, just because in some ways they're they become structure, uh, right. received a structure. Uh, over over Christmas break, I got together with some of my friends from high school. And uh, the, the, I said, let's have a spicy chicken sandwich reunion um, because we used to always get together. And when we were in high school before uh, pep band nights, we'd get together and go to Wendy's. I and these three buddies of mine and uh, usually have a spicy chicken sandwich. You know, and we had our little ritual in that way. And, and, but, but I think that's a great example of, of the significance and the power of ritual when it's done properly. I mean, spicy chicken sandwich <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean much to, to many people, but, but it's more, obviously, obviously, it's more than just the sandwich for you. Um, it, 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 it carries with it the relationship, um, all of that meaning significance from the past and the present and in a sense even the future is brought together in the idea of and then certainly the event of getting together with, with your three friends from high school and having a Wendy's spicy chicken sandwich. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I, 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 I think absolutely you're completely, the whole idea of observances, rituals, as you said, um, uh, it doesn't detract from relationship with Christ. It flows from it. What else? Uh, any other any other thoughts, responses that you had to the video? Well, I think, uh, you know, um, we talked a little about the scriptural things and going there, which I think would be very important. And if you were to talk with someone or maybe you yourself uh, feel uh, maybe a lot more um, uh, sympathy uh, and agreeance with what Jefferson's saying, or you know someone who does, and be, you know, patiently bring them or bring yourself to... Uh, some of those scripture passages in that way, or even just reading the Gospels again, you know, and look at things. And, uh, you know, of course, we're not saying that Jesus necessarily came to set up a system, but a system is part, and systematic things are part of human life. And Jesus took on the fullness of our humanity. We just celebrated that at Christmas. He's like us in all things but sin. Um, and so, and and also just to know, I think, as we talked about at the beginning, uh, you know, you said that he points out the sin and the weakness in the church. And the church is always seeking to purify her actions. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, uh, trying to live out that petition of the Our Father, hallowed be thy name. By the way, that's another great thing, too, because remembering that uh, Jesus gives us a specific prayer to pray. Yep. The Our Father. When you pray, pray like this. Right. right. Well, that seems right. to be some sort of substantial ritual or religion. Absolutely. Um, Just real quick, you know, he uh, Jesus himself went to the temple. Uh, he followed the religious observances of a. He was a faithful Jew. Uh, Here's a coin to pay the temple tax. Exactly. 
he didn't rebel against this man-made system, man-made, you know, uh, that, that gets between me and Yahweh. In fact, when he got mad, he sought to purify temple religion. Not destroy Not to it. abolish it. Exactly. Purify. He didn't hate it. He loved it. You only purify things you love. Indeed. You know, I mean, you don't you don't seek to purify something you hate. You seek to abolish, destroy, annihilate something you hate. Right. You know. Uh, so yeah. Okay. So you were going somewhere. I think you were going somewhere though. Another another point that you apart. From- what is I think I think it would be good to talk about some of the historical things. You know, in a couple of different points. Okay. Um, you know, but he, um, you know, he's he's a little upset. Um, you know about uh, uh, maybe kind of like political conservative affiliations, especially in the United States with Christianity, um, wars, um, and uh, service to the poor. Um, and also he has, I think he has one line that we need to, to mention specifically, you know, where he talks about uh, uh, that religion tells single mothers that God doesn't love them if they've ever had a divorce. Um, but so I think I'd like to look at a couple of those historical ones, at least in brief. And some of these we've talked about in larger podcasts, but just to, to put together on this one. Okay. Uh, but so I, I, just, I think first off, just coming to my med, mind is his, his statement about war. You know, that religion has caused a lot of war. Um, and, you know, it's, religion is always, you know, it's, it's a human thing. It's a very powerful motivator. It's called to be purified. And it's invoked by leaders or others during war, but quite often the real reasons for war have very little to do with religion. Right. It's someone using religion for an ulterior motive, a religion being used and abused yep. by someone else for the sake of war. Yeah, I think you know one of the classic examples of arguments made about religion causing war is the uh, the crusade. Well, actually, that's, I was thinking more of the, the wars between Catholics and. Protestants, Protestants uh, literal wars um, uh, after the Reformation. But the interesting thing is, it, and this just going along with what you had just said, um, it was not. It, I mean, people people's faith was used by uh, politicians and others, uh, people in power, to to accomplish their own ends. So, for instance. Um, Catholic Catholic France funded and supported um, pro- Lutheran German princes in their battle against the Catholic Roman Empire. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> if this were really about religion, um, the French would have been on the side of the Habsburgs. Right. But they weren't. They, they, it was about power politics in in Europe. And so you had you had a Catholic nation align itself with with Protestant princes. Um, so, in many cases, what what in fact it's it's clearly not wars of religion at all, but power politics, as it so often always is. So often always is, as it so often is. <laughs> right on, correct. You know, and. Um... The other thing, too, that someone brings up is that sometimes, you know, sometimes you are fighting for good. Mm-hmm. You know, the only reason, uh, the only reason, now, we should avoid war at all costs, but sometimes you have to defend. You know, sometimes you, uh, sometimes someone fights out of greed, but sometimes someone fights out of a desire to defend their loved ones. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so, well, you know, I think, uh, so the issue of war, um, kind of silly. Um 
understandable, I think, because of the past. But I think, you know, maybe looking, I don't mean to say silly about Jefferson, but I think maybe looking in a myopic way yep. uh, or a short-sighted way or a naive way of looking at uh, history and the things that went on. Um, how about uh, uh, feeding the poor at the church? Uh, uh, I think this is this was especially maybe more pointed at Catholics, of course, because we have or traditionally have had, not always the case, but uh, beautiful uh, and ornate churches. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And of course, what is beautiful and ornate is also costly. Right. And so saying that uh, this hasn't fed the poor. I think you know. Actually, I've heard that line before. About uh, uh, things that seem useless in themselves are just being used to honor Jesus. Uh, that someone believes they're being wasted on the poor. Have you heard that line before? I think so. I'm thinking about in the Gospels. I, I think there might be one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm asking you for a Bible reference there, so I, I know I was kind of putting you out of here. Wow, Judas. <laughs> and I'm not talking about you, Father. Right. Judas is the one who's upset because he says, the uh, oil from this nard that was used to anoint the f- head of Jesus and feet of Jesus by a woman uh, who had had demons driven out of her. Um, uh, Judas objects and says, this oil could have been sold and given to the poor. It's been wasted now on you, Jesus. Right. And we could have used it to feed the poor. Right. Um, so, first off, I just would like to bring that to Jefferson's attention. In his relationship with Jesus, as he looks at Jesus' words, uh, maybe he'd look at that word. Yep. Uh, but then, of course, the sheer facts of history, right? That no one has been, uh, that the Catholic Church, at least, and other Christians have been the greatest and most effective charitable institutions in world history. Right. Feeding more, clothing more, caring for more. So. Yeah, I think I, you know, I've I've, I've had uh, people people who I know have made similar objections. You know, all the wealth. Uh, in a, I mean, it, it, it's it's true. If if the Vatican sold the uh, the the pieces of art found in the Vatican museums, the Sistine Chapel, and so on, I mean, it would be millions and millions and millions of dollars. Um, but oftentimes, not always, and I, I don't know, obviously I don't know Jefferson, so I, 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 I'm, I'm presuming his goodwill. But I know in other cases, um, people have said that, and you look at, well, okay, well, what are you doing then to help the poor? Are, yeah. you, 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 are you putting your money where your mouth is, or your time, or your talent? Are you doing everything? You, if you think the church should give up, every, if that somehow it's... it's, um, it's inappropriate or wrong or scandalous to 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 build these beautiful cathedrals and churches and and have this this beautiful art available for for people to enjoy and to honor god in the case of churches and so on if you think that's wrong that the church should get everything it has to to uh, caring for those in need are you doing that yourself right Uh, and in most cases the vast majority of cases it's not in fact it's it's (laughs) Again, it's who's done more for those in need than the, in terms of institutions than the Catholic Church. Look at the historical record, as you said. So, yeah, very much so. Um, okay, uh, I had another thought on that, but maybe I'll just let that slide for now. Okay. Um, oh, the, uh, I, I saw just a final word on that. We, you know, and also too that the churches in the church buildings inspire hearts to love the poor. Right. 
Yeah. You know, it's people on their knees in a cathedral who oftentimes are inspired, uh, inspired to love the poor. Yep. So. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Any any others of his other um, points that you wanted to address? Um, yes. Uh, on this, uh, we definitely want to get to this notion of uh, that the church, in some ways, uh, tells uh, single mothers that uh, God doesn't love them if they've ever had a divorce. Yep. You know, um, he might so maybe he encountered someone who had a thing like this, but I'm not sure where that is in any church's creed or catechism or teaching. Right. Yep. That God doesn't love you. In that case, yeah, um, I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say it's part of the. You know, when you're. This reminds me, in some ways, of the the quote unquote new atheists and their attacks on religion. It's really hard to attack religion. I mean, let's. You have to be. I mean, what are you attacking? Because what 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 you're attacking might be the case in one specific belief system, one religion, but not another. So when we're talking in this case with Jefferson, he's, talk, he's, a, he's, he's criticizing, I think, you know, Christian religions, Christian, specific Christian churches, uh, to use a, a common term, uh, denomination, um, but not every, every Christian tradition believes or practices in the same way. So it's, it's really hard to me to, uh, to, to successfully uh, attack Christian religion in in this way because as you were just saying, um, who re- who specifically believes these things? And just if there are groups that there there are the Christian churches that don't, right? Yeah. Anyway, but I sort of interrupted there, so go ahead. Sorry. No, I think that's a that's a great clarifying point on this, and also I think uh, maybe an encouragement for all of us, especially any Catholic listeners to this podcast, to be praying for church unity. Today is actually the beginning of uh, the week of prayer for Christian unity. Yep. So be praying on that, uh, seeking that. Um, I think in some ways we become complacent with the idea that Christian churches are separated and always will be. Yep. And that's that's too bad. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, what was I thinking of there? Oh, so back on this thing about uh, um, so loving. Yeah. Well, mothers. And so, just you know, clarification that the church teaches, you know, we shouldn't divorce, of course, because again, that's Jesus who says that, Matthew 19. Um, but for those who are divorced, um, you know, they're not forbidden from anything, but it's when you get remarried exactly. uh, without being free to marry. Right. Because we, and, and we teach that because we love you, because we don't want you to commit adultery. Yep. So. Absolutely. Yeah, and again, I, I think, you know, the, the points about hypocrisy and, and as, you know, I, I, is purifying, the church always purifying herself, um, all, you know, worthwhile, important, and good things, but you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater just because we, we we're, because we're not perfect, that doesn't mean that institutional Christianity, uh, not, it, for one thing, it doesn't mean it's it's bad. And in point of fact, it's good. It's it's part of Jesus's will, as we've talked about in other podcasts. Um, yeah, you, you just again throwing the baby out with the bathwater is not the answer. Because Jesus yeah. himself didn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Exactly, as we, as we said early on. So, all right, we and uh, 
I know that, as I mentioned to Father before we uh, started recording, that there have been a number of responses online. If you check out the, response, the, the video, Jesus versus Religion, it looks up the video responses. I've seen some spoken word responses, so certainly a number of articles, blog posts, blog posts and so on. Uh, maybe next week Father will do his uh, written or uh, verbal response. What, what spoken word. Spoken word response. Um, so there are all sorts of responses on you. <laughs> all sorts of uh, responses that have already been made, and we're just adding ours to the list. So I won't drop the microphone when I'm done, though, because it's my computer, and I don't want to drop that. Yeah, it's not a good idea. So uh, next week, Father, I I, I think that uh, sadly um, your schedule will preclude your participation. I know. So uh, I've got a pray for me. I get to uh, help direct a retreat for some seminarians and. Oh, excellent! So I've got a couple guest hosts, and uh, and we'll we'll try to make do, uh, and and we'll be back again two weeks with you, Father. Takes two to catch up to me. It does exactly. So that's it for this episode of Prayer Room Companion. God bless, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>